Welcome back, listeners. This is Dancing Around the Questions, and this will be our first official interview. Today, I'll be sharing a conversation with the delightful Mimi of the Richmond dancing community. I also want to note that this is the first interview that I managed to record, so while the conversation was absolutely splendid, I was still sorting out the technical aspects of recording with a mobile rig in the middle of a city. So I apologize for the background noise and any other technical oddities. I will hopefully have sorted out how to mitigate some of the disturbances. But the conversation was a lot of fun. And for any dancers and non-dancers, I hope you learn a couple of things about guests, about myself, and about dance. So please enjoy. Let's try this again. <laughs> try number one. Two. Two. Three. Well, one. One because the first time didn't work very well. Okay. So try try zero. I apparently missed the record button. You know, I was looking over there and I thought I saw like that little red part. Like it did look like it does now earlier. Maybe it, you did record. Anyways, that's okay. Try number mm. one. Yes. Maybe I'll just have to keep an eye on it. But... Welcome to Dancing Around the Questions. A great name. A podcast where we talk about dancers as they are as human beings. Much like Humans of New York talks about humans of New York being human beings. Hi, my name's Amy, and I am indeed a human being. Yes, thank you for confirming that. Um, I only talk to humans on this podcast, mostly because I don't understand the languages of other animals. Okay, I'll keep my cats away. No, they can they can stick around. They they provide nice company. But so the primary purpose of this podcast, uh, this is our first episode, by the way, after some starts and stutters with uh, booking my guests and scheduling things around uh, pandemic time. It's amazing how busy people can get I, even during the I, pandemic. Yeah, I I don't understand this. I've, I'm as busy as I ever was, slightly less busy as I ever was before. Of the world shut down but the uh the point of this podcast i hope is to explore the walks of life and the journeys that we take in becoming dancers um, where we all come from um i, I want to talk mostly about the well for now maybe it'll expand later on but the the quote-unquote latin community latin dance community along with the uh, brazilian and other African-born dances. So most of the people I'm going to be talking with will be involved in some way or form with uh, dancing bachata, uh, salsa, zouk, son, casino. Not merengue. Um, not merengue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, funny thing, I think maybe the first time Gerardo and I interacted was when we formed the merengue sit-down club with Becca. It's me. It was me, you and Becca, right? I believe so. Okay. And we all noticed that whenever a merengue song came on, 
merengue tends to be really, really fast, we would all just kind of sit down and take a break. And I think we all noticed that we were all taking a break during merengue. So when the one or two songs would come on during whatever set, we would all find each other and sit down and take a break and catch up with each other. And we called it the merengue sit down club. Yes. Because none of us particularly wanted to dance merengue. No offense to any of you merengue lovers. Sorry. I think I think that's when we first interacted. Maybe. Maybe. It's hard to remember. It's been a while. Yeah, I was actually going to ask uh, at some point, like, where was the first time you remembered? I think that was the first time that I remember. Because I, I definitely, like, I 100% remember talking and dancing with you at, like, Champions. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Oh my gosh, what a great <laughs> venue. I, I definitely have like a clear memory of talking to you there mm-hmm. one, at one point, but I feel like, did you ever go to Emilio's? Yeah, I did go to Emilio's. I lo- also, yes, yeah, also recipes. Goodness gracious! This, and this was all like before COVID nineteen hit. Well, so before some, something weird was going on in Richmond, but mm. I have like a I don't know like a coin flip memory of meeting you there, but that was back when I was too scared to like dance all night. So, and it's also hard to remember names because, like, you know, if you dance with 20 people in an evening, and I, that was when I was like first starting to dance too, I'd be like, okay, hi, your name is Alex. Oh, hello, your name is Trevor. Oh, hello, your name is Herardo. Like, I can't remember all these names. Like, I'm still trying to remember, like, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're first starting exactly. So, uh, names, names are slippery, but when I made like the connection, uh, um, I think like our. <laughs> we're good conversations that's that's what i remember yeah mm-hmm. unfortunately we lost the previous recording um but uh, how have you been it's been a year i think the beginning was definitely hard like for everyone and i think uh, at the moment it's kind of normalized ish like you know you find your own routines like are you talking about how it was hard for you to schedule people. I think with the absence of time, people are like, okay, well, I guess I'll fill it with something. So I have filled my free time with something that is not social dancing. I'm not sure what it is, but sometimes I have things (laughs) to do, which is better than nothing to do. And in the absence of dance and um, now having been fully vaccinated, I'm just looking forward to like all those little baby little inchworm wigglings towards going back to social dancing and you know quote unquote normal so at the moment i'm good i'm adjusted and i am just really looking forward to warm weather and reconnecting with friends again yeah definitely it's been it's been a rough time yeah but i'm glad that you're doing well Uh uh-huh huh about you me yeah that's all the time we have for oh today, my gosh, folks. Shut up, <laughs> you have no. to talk about yourself. Uh, I guess I could do that. <laughs> you can also cut it out. <laughs> no. You don't want we'll, it on. We'll see what happens. I am okay. the grandmaster of all this, unless mm-hmm. I pay someone else to do it for me. I don't want to. Um, uh, pandemic has been weird. I'm, I mean, obviously weird for everyone, but on the one hand, it sucks not being able to like see people like this is the first time i'm seeing you in person in a very long time yeah like maybe close to a year close to a year maybe like a week or two off from that 
Um, so I, I like I've really missed interacting with friends and whatnot, but at the same time, oh, and like the the stress of like, oh my god, did I catch COVID? <laughs> yeah, that too is maddening. And there was a close encounter that I fortunately escaped somehow. Uh, so that's been stressful. But on the other hand, me being the person I am, despite going out and dancing at an unhealthy rate prior to all this. Who needs sleep? Yeah. There have been some mentally good things taking time to rest, first of all, and just like reassessing what's what I enjoy about life and like what what I needed to stop saying yes to last year <laughs> before everything was forced to say no to me. I think that dancers as a species are very bad at slowing down. Yeah. And this pandemic has been just an opportunity to say, instead of a merengue sit down, it's time to sit down for a couple months, guys. Bachata, salsa, zuki, zumba, and everything else sit down club. Sit down. You're not social dancing for. And free memberships for all. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I have saved a lot of money. Oh, yes. Congresses add up. Yeah. And so does. Like one, if you buy one drink every time that you go out, which you totally should to support the bars, especially for our lovely hosts who do not charge copays, um, that adds up too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's privileged to say it's been good for me, but it has. Uh, Again, this is our first episode, so there will be a lot of weird interruptions, mostly for me to edit out in the future. Exactly, so they won't even know about these interruptions. I'll, I'll keep one or two of them in. The, <laughs> the listener the listener who guesses how much time I cut out of this, uh, I don't know. Wins a... You win a vegan chocolate cookie. Oh, are you making vegan chocolate cookies? I'm not, but Elwood Thompson's might have one. that mm. I can, Or I can make Will make one for me. <laughs> I won't say what it's for. Uh, so first question I have written down is, when and why you started dancing? Oh, that is a super great question. Well, we could throw it way, 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 way back to, I think, elementary school. Elementary school. I tried out for the dance team, and I did not make it. And I was pretty sad about it. So, you know what? That could have been the start of my dance career, but it was not. So, I went about my life. <laughs> I think the, the seed was planted, and it just took a long time to germinate, yeah, maybe. Just like... Maybe a slow bloomer, or, you know, maybe if I had started that young, I would no longer have any desire or passion to at this point. So maybe it's good that I started a little later. What was the question I forgot? (laughs) Sorry. I mean, when when and why you started dancing. Oh, when and why did I start dancing? So this is like a huge shout out to my mama, who started ballroom dancing, I don't even know, a hot minute ago. And after she was ballroom dancing, she started salsa and bachata dancing in Richmond. And when I was away in school at Old Dominion University, sometimes when I would come back and visit, she would be going out to Havana (laughs) to dance there. And she'd be like, you know, come along. It's so much fun. And every once in a while, I would go and take the beginner class and stay a little while and have mojito and dance with some people. And I guess that was sort of a very slow introduction to Latin dancing. And then I got here 
uh, to Richmond to do my physical therapy degree at VCU, and that was three years. And I would go very sporadically, like maybe a handful of times a year until I started working. And once I started working, it was like, whoa, I don't have any more tests to study for. Like, what is life outside of school? And I just had so much more free time. So I started going out really frequently and then getting better and making friends within the dance community. And then it pretty quickly turned into just like a full-blown obsession (laughs) of going to every social that I could. And then um, Sounds familiar. Yeah, seriously. Very addictive. And then started going to conferences, which are like we- usually weekend long things where you get a hotel and you dance until however long your feet will carry you and take some classes during the day. So it was a very, very slow start and just kind of like poof, took off exponentially. Maybe in the beginning of like 2018 or so. Uh, I, I mean, I had a. I don't know, I wouldn't say I had the trauma of being rejected from the dance team in elementary school, but... <laughs> it was hard to come back from that. No. But you made it. I did. Better, better than ever. Yeah, I bet they all suck at dancing now. Yeah, they probably quit. Uh-huh. <laughs> we did some dance stuff in, like, PE class in elementary school, and I remember never being picked for being, like, the good dancer. Aww. Oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's not why I started dancing. That might have been the reason why I didn't dance forever. Yeah. Like, we just didn't have very much of a dance thing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always, like, more of the musical sort. Of playing music. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, there's... I mean, there, there's, like, violins and stuff in some salsa songs, but mm-hmm. it's not the first instrument you think of, probably. No, you played the violin? I played the viola. The viola, yeah. okay. It's nicer than the violin. I'm nicer than the violin. Yeah. I think I think what you're trying to say is that you still have music in your soul. Yes. Okay. That, that is actually a big part of why I dance but we'll, because you love the music yes but oh. we'll, we'll talk about that at some other point that's another part of why I found um, Latin dance so alluring um, my dad is Cuban and I unfortunately do not speak Spanish because I'm a you can cut this out if this is offensive <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a dumb American who only speaks one language. When I speak a little bit of Chinese, like a quarter of a language of Chinese. Um, but anyways, my dad is Cuban and I don't speak any Spanish. And I never felt a lot of strong roots to like my Latin heritage. And dancing salsa and bachata was sort of a way for me to feel like I was connecting with that part of myself. And... I'm like, yeah, I'm Latin, <laughs> vanilla, vanilla Latin, because I danced all these, like, songs. I don't know what the heck they're saying. I think it's very dirty. <laughs> it depends on the song. Okay, a lot fair of, enough. You I know, a lot, a lot, I'll say this, a lot of the food-related songs, filthy, absolutely <laughs> filthy. Harari, you see, you're going to have to point some of those out to me. I'm I very will, intrigued. I will send you a playlist of hypersexual food-related songs. Give me an example. I want to hear one now. Uh, um, well, we'll play it after this segment is over. <laughs> like as a break? Mo- mostly because I don't want to overtax this computer or myself. I th- okay. I- honestly, I think my brain would explode before the computer okay. runs out of juice. Um, but we'll-, we'll listen to some good ones. I'll try to translate the lyrics live. I'm very excited. It'll be difficult. 
uh, how did you feel when you first started out, just like starting dancing? Oh my, I was, hmm, I loved the music. I loved watching other people dance. I loved watching other people having a good time. So I think the beginning, I really enjoyed observing because it's such a lively and happy atmosphere. And I also remember thinking like, I'm going to get good, damn it. <laughs> so the beginning, I was like very determined to ask a lot of people to dance and apologize a lot for messing up. And I remember kind of feeling a little bad knowing that someone else was maybe like doing me a favor by dancing with me because I was definitely not following 50%, 80%, 90% of <laughs> whatever it was that they were trying to do, um, but still trying to like make a connection with that person or make sure that, you know, they got a laugh at the same time or still enjoyed the dance so that I wouldn't feel as guilty about like using their dance time to like make myself a better dancer. Um, yeah. I feel like they just didn't mind. You know, I think most people don't. And if you are someone who minds dancing with beginners, poo-poo on you because you were one once too. It's easy to forget. Yeah. But I think that it's also like really important as a dance community, like as a whole organism, just to, you know, take care of the babies. Yeah. Because if you don't take care of the babies, then the whole thing dies. Yeah. So I think that it's, really important for people to, you know, not get too big for their bridges and not forget where they came from and all that jazz. And I'm very grateful for all the people who danced with me when I was a, a dance beginner and step it on their with my <laughs> heels that I couldn't really walk in anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so those, that's, that's what I remember from starting is, is watching people really love it and loving that other people loved it. And feeling a little self-conscious about using other people's time in dancing and being really gung-ho and, like, focused on, like, I am going to get this down. Yeah. It, like, mm -hmm. it takes some drive sometimes, like, especially when you hit a wall. Yeah. There's a lot of failure in the beginning. Yeah. The learning curve is just riddled with fuck-ups. I mean, it's just like, it's just like learning anything else. The problem is you flailing your whole body around and everyone <laughs> can see you failing. Oh, yeah. That's another aspect that I still don't like being watched. Yeah. So, like, if I'm dancing and I, like, somewhat notice that someone else, like, might be observing my dance, like, I'm in my head and I can't do it anymore and like even though I'm a lot better than when I started and you know maybe someone else is watching like wow she's really good like I don't think I'd ever feel good enough to be like observed right it's like oh bask in my glory but um yeah that is something I don't like when people look at me while I dance I so I just don't think about it I mean I think people do bask in your glory nowadays. Oh, no, that makes you are, me... That makes you are me, such a good dancer. That makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I don't dance to be watched. I, like, dance because it's fun. The watching part is, like, a reason not to dance. Like, I would never perform. Like, Gerardo, you do Rueda? Like, I'm never God. doing Rueda. 
I don't I like. I mean, I don't. For people to look at me. I black out during these performances. Okay, <laughs> I don't remember doing them a lot of the time, and I hate watching myself do them because, like, I know, like, I'm not perfect doing them, no, and like, I can one hundred percent, like, could have done that better. Could have thrown this in there. No. You're you were one sixtieth of a second late on that stomp. Dancing is so much better when it's done to have fun and connect with a person versus to be aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, but people have different motivations. Well, they're probably not having as much fun as I am. Could be true. <laughs> like I, I was talking to um to Will and Carlos one time and just like about do people like dance to have like a connection with each other or do like they dance to show off like this is one of the things that fed into my wanting to talk to people about dancing oh that's interesting just like some people want to move their bodies around and like do all these crazy things whether or not like I had to burp, so I moved away from the microphone so that I wouldn't catch it. But Gerardo looked at me funny <laughs> when I did it. I mean, I didn't know if it was like a cough or a sneeze. Or, no, it, it was, was a just burp. a little burp. <laughs> there we go. Now it's that was Gerardo's, by the way. No, Gerardo's. that was Mimi. You, hey. <laughs> Where Please were continue. we? You were talking about dancing purpose. Why people dance. Oh, yeah. So, like, people might dance because they feel good about it themselves, just, like, moving around, doing doing their thing. Or they want to, like, dance with somebody and just, like, do cool things together or just share moments. Mm-hmm. Like, it all gets co-mingled when you're out socially dancing because there, there are going to be people who are, like, doing some really wild, crazy things and everyone's going to be looking at them and then there are going to be some quieter people just dancing with their partners yeah and i maybe there's probably like a spectrum of dancing for the sake of executing uh complicated moves and dancing for the sake of fun and i'm sure that there's people that exist you know on that spectrum somewhere in between or combine the two like it definitely doesn't have to be one or the other yeah although some people veer really hard towards yeah. one side, and some people veer really hard towards the other. But you know, to this each their true. own. Yeah, there was a commercial break there. I think. Are you going to get sponsored, Gerardo? No. <laughs> oh, damn it. If anyone ever sponsors me, I'll know like something good happened. Mm. Unless it's like cocaine. <laughs> Try it today. That would be one hell of a sponsor. Yeah. They probably have a lot of money. No, they. I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. And we could definitely. Sp- Never mind. Well, you can cut it out. I was going to say, we could definitely spend cocaine to be good for dancers so that you could dance all night. <laughs> Depends on the dance, too. Fair. You could merengue all night oh, if yeah. you just had a lot of cocaine. I don't, I don't feel like you could soup all night on cocaine. No. That's a... It's a big no-no. Nope. I think it's funny that all these dances have their own little personalities yes. and stereotypes. Especially if you follow... Um, shit, what is it? spicy memes for salsa teens yes. is that what it is yeah yeah it's it's amusing like the stereotypes that come out from the dances and that people will like make a lot of memes and play and like pin them against each other and i guess what mm-hmm. makes things funny except if there is a grain of truth behind people them. will get butt hurt because of that grain of truth exactly so that's 
that has been amusing during the time of quarantine. Yeah, there have been some pretty spicy ones out there. <laughs> They're really funny. <laughs> I guess um, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but you know, assuming we were all still going out and going nuts all nights. I miss it. Yeah. Uh, what keeps you involved or like what really resonates with you about dancing the dances you dance? Dance, dance, dance. Dance, dance. Um, what keeps me dancing? Oh, well, that's definitely changed. At the beginning, I wanted to be good enough to follow most leads um, most of the time. And after I felt like I got to that point where I could follow like, you know, like 80%, 90% of what most people would throw at me after that, I was like, I'm just here to have fun. And that's, I think when I started making more friends in the dance community, um, Richmond dance community is not huge. So, yeah. you know, if you go out a couple nights a week for a couple weeks, like, you'll see the faces that there are to be seen and then you put names to them. And what's been really cool about that for me is in the past, all of my friendships have been made through school. So they're pretty homogenous and that we're going to the same school. We're studying the same things and making friends and the dance community has been such a cool opportunity to meet people who aren't also in healthcare specifically. Um, so I've, just loved making friends and meeting people who are different from me and like being a part of this really eclectic, both um, ethnicity wise and also job occupation wise community. So I think after I felt sort of reasonable at following, it was the people that kept me coming back and now that I feel like I've made some good friends in the dance community and I feel a part of it, um, what I've been interested in more and so in lately is transitioning from like all following to like trying to learn how to lead some. So I've been trying to learn how to lead some bachata and I've been trying to learn how to lead Zouk and it's just a whole new fun thing to learn how to do yeah it's a challenge it's so hard Gerardo leading is so hard yeah tell me about it I think it's... you're a better Zookly than I am at this point too <laughs> I've been practicing a lot feels massively emasculated oh, I'm sorry I'm kidding no <laughs> no it's, it's actually really fun following you you will always be a better salsa lead than myself because I don't have any intention of learning how to lead salsa oh, oh but you know rough. what you'll probably really like this so you Zook and salsa are not that different and that they both have like three step counts within the eight and what my mom and I have been doing recently is I will like watch a couple Zook videos and try to learn a new Zook pattern and like figure it out with her my mom also leads and follows so she's like really great for figuring things out so if I'm leading something wonky she'll be pretty quick to pinpoint like what I need to do to make it clear for a follow so we'll hash out some Zook move, and then the next thing we'll do is we'll try to turn that pattern into a salsa, salsa pattern. <laughs> uh huh. And it it works it works pretty well because they have the same like they're both three steps, and some of it is done like forwards and backwards. And there's a cross body lead which is kind of similar to Zook's lateral. Um, so that's been really really fun. And I think the next thing that I'll probably try to do is see if I can 
pull like salsa patterns over into zook patterns because why the hell not yeah i i actually did try to do that um, when we were out in charlottesville that mm -hmm. for that one weekend we were we were doing some other like maybe like one turn pattern or like some sort of crossbody like thing mm -hmm. or maybe it was like when we were doing the hand switching exercise and it's been a long time so i don't remember everything that happened but i realized like oh well if i just like you know gently suggest doing this then suddenly they'll do a turn mm -hmm. and then we can do this to get out of it yeah partner dancing is like a lot of opportunity for mishmashing different kinds of dances and patterns and like that's pretty fun yeah I, like i don't know like if there's like some sort of dance council for sauce or anything but these wouldn't end up being like maybe standard moves oh pish off. or thing, things you'd <laughs> things you'd be able to do with everyone because okay. other things would happen um, regardless of what you intend but but i think that's what's really cool about dance is that like there's no real rules like you have your step pattern but like it's a suggestion and it's just this big creative opportunity to interpret music and it can go yes so many different ways yeah. and it doesn't also doesn't just have to be like the lead interpreting the music like something that i enjoyed a lot was like as a follow like breakaways where you can do what you want as a follow or finding places to like add styling so that like you're both contributing to the song mm -hmm. and um yeah there's just so much room for exploration yeah uh, like there are a lot of things that i will probably take me an hour to cover in just that like little little we'll bit share some of about. it share, but share. the um I don't know, just like interpreting the music, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. Like they're um, like salsa and just like all, all those, all that Cuban music is so incredibly complicated. Mm -hmm. They're like, you could, I mean, you know, like three step, one, two, three, five, six, seven, or whatever, or, you know, mm -hmm. two, three, four, six, seven, eight. Mm -hmm. Did I get it right? For two? For two count? Oh, I don't or know. for on two? I don't on two, two very three, often. I mean, you use all eight counts. That's a secret, guys. It doesn't really matter. All eight counts of the song, and you're going to use them all. Um, but, like, so that's the, like, you know, the basic count. But there's so many other things going. Like, literally, there's a whole orchestra, a band, and even the vocalists are, a lot of the times, like, rhythmic more than they are melodic. And you, you have all these things that you can interpret, like, while you're, doing your basic steps and yeah, your, you your turn patterns pick out another rhythm that's happening and like follow that one for a while yeah. or if it's something that's accenting at specific intervals like really pulling that accent out into your dance yeah off of that that little thought dance is such a intense mental exercise like especially when you're starting out like there's there's one thing it's one thing to like make your feet you know be properly like timed and like not not like stomping or not like getting getting stuck on your one foot when you should be on the other and then Darn it's a feet. and then it's a it's a whole other thing to just put together like a a little improv performance basically what you're doing when you're dancing um it's like it's so mentally taxing especially when you're starting out 
of just like do all this. I'm going to branch off just a little bit and disagree with you. Oof. Oof, Ouch. Cut. (laughs) Hey, stop it. Only because I think it's taxing as a lead, but as a follow, once you figure out how to like follow, you know, most things, most standard things that people are laying out, it's no longer taxing, but it's like almost like a practice of being in the moment because to like be a good follow, it's like you have to turn your brain off and just listen. So it's like the opposite. It's almost like the lead is doing like the brain power for two people. So it's like the lead is playing chess or running two computers or something like that. (laughs) And the follow is just like, woo, I'm here for the ride. And I think that's what's, that's one of the things that's really interesting about partner dance in general is this dynamic between lead and follow. So like more about what I love, what I love about following is that like, I love the opportunity to not think. So it's like, if I'm following someone, like I don't have to use my, my thinking cortex. I just kind of like quiet all of that down. And I like, just listen to what is being told for me to turn or step and it's just like it's a break from thinking in that way i don't know if leading ever becomes a break from thinking i'm not very good at it so gerardo do you ever get a break from thinking when leading no so like here's the thing i i i don't think what what i actually think about leading and like thinking and all that stuff um doesn't necessarily disagree with that Okay. Like I was talking mostly when like you're learning and stuff. That is. And I probably didn't make that very clear. Hard. But when you're when you're like you're learning all this, you have to think about like what your body's doing, and you 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 have to think about being on time, and like properly moving this hand upwards while your other foot is going to the side or backwards or some combination of the the, the things, and so like it's. You have to put a lot of brain power to learning all this, but then you don't want to also be going like mentally crazy while you're just out dancing, having fun. And that's something that's been very difficult for me at times. Like you do have to be in the moment as a lead to some degree as well. Um, you have to like be more cognizant of what's going on around you or like be, maybe be thinking half a step in yeah. advance. Maybe don't turn your follow into someone else. While yeah. they're dancing, yeah, uh, dancing in crowded spaces is really hard. Like when I've tried to lead in small spaces, when I've been used to practicing in large spaces, I'm like, oh my god, I also have to consider that I can't spin this person out because I'm gonna like collision with someone yeah. else. Oh my goodness, so much effort. And so, like, you can't, you have, you don't just have the moment necessarily, but you have to <clears throat> not stray too far away from the moment if you're gonna be like having a good time as a lead and maybe helping helping your follow have a good time it's a lot of responsibility to lead because that's a good point is that you're also sort of you know maybe you don't have to be but the times that i've led i feel very responsible for my follow enjoying their dance yeah which is a lot of pressure and you know ironically when i first started following i also felt responsible for my lead uh-huh. enjoying their dance like i'm gonna follow this thing that they're trying to you know Okay. 
So maybe this is a me problem about feeling responsible for other people. I'm sure it's like a shared thing yeah. between everyone who's starting out. Like you just feel bad, like, oh, I'm a newbie and I know one wants to dance with me and I'm so bad and I'm never going to get good. Starting is very hard. But I yeah. think we're pretty lucky in Richmond that most people are very welcoming to newbies. I mean, like, that's, that's what keeps our community strong is when people continue entering because people are nice. Yeah, and uh, like we, we touched on this earlier, but you have to... You have to keep the young blood. I mean, not necessarily even young, but the <laughs> fresh blood, fresh blood, the, the new initiates, the newbies. We yes. need newbies. We need like everyone needs, and any community needs newbies. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you, you'll end up with an upside down pyramid where there are just all these people who are like ready to be done with this community or this thing, and yeah. if nobody comes up from the bottom to replace it, then dies. Community just withers away. I love our dance community. Yeah. It's wonderful. It really is. Mm-hmm. But Come join if you haven't already joined. Yes. When COVID is done. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this, maybe it'll take me three years to edit this, but. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like, oh, what COVID? Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, shit. I wish I didn't remember it. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the subject of community, actually, what dance communities have you been intertwined with, if mm. not just Richmond? Where else have you experienced it? I've the bug, the bug, the dance bug. The dance bug. I've experienced a little bit of the dance bug through Charlottesville Zook community because the Richmond Zook community is not huge to begin with. Like it's it's pretty small, so um, I think it was it made a lot of sense um, for like Richmond and Charlottesville community to like intermingle a little bit just to have more leads and more people to practice with so mm-hmm. it's been nice to like also have a reason to make friends outside of Richmond that yeah. share something in common so like I've made some connections out in Charlottesville so I'm like that's really cool too yeah but only in Zoom because I think that artists also in the Chata community is like is this bigger and to stay here is enough that's interesting I don't like I besides the 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 Zook Weekender in Charlottesville, I hadn't gone out and danced there ever, so I'm not too familiar with the other scenes. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's similar. Yeah, but before we all had to stay home and eat chips and watch Netflix and whatever, um, I think we were starting to get some more connections between the two communities, mm-hmm. at least the Zook portion of it. Yeah, like they had a teacher come over and teach a class one mm-hmm. time over in Richmond. And I, a lot of Richmonders, I think, went over to their weekender that yeah. they held and then our zook leaders were having um zook specific uh events like at the the dance space that yeah some of the um Charlottesville people were coming over yeah. to. so we were we were making like a little a little path between the we're three of us. Yeah. yeah and then there's like the whole community up in nova but there's so many people up there like they don't need us so <laughs> they're never coming down here to hang out with us but yes they will I don't maybe, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, people in Richmond, if they really, really want new people to dance with, like it's not that far to go up to Nova and find a lot of good dancers, just because it's a really high population density up there, also. But I think Charlottesville is a little easier to make ties with because they're more similar to us, and they're more likely to, I guess, like reciprocate traveling. Yeah, like sixty four is a little easier than ninety five. Oh north. yeah, that too. All right, these are maybe more like more rapid fire questions now. Um, so, what's your favorite?
favorite dance currently? My favorite dances right now, I feel like a lot of my self-control friends are kind of bad oh. about that. Um, because it can be, well, I also think leading, like leading is very time intense. So it's like learning how to lead Zook since time is a limited resource means like sometimes I have a little less time to do salsa and bachata, but I'm really enjoying learning how to lead and I'm really enjoying how many, I think Zook has very few roles mm -hmm. and because there's very few roles, few roles, there's a lot more to learn. Yeah, it's um, I don't know if like this is the right term for it, but it's, it's very greedy. Greedy. Yeah, it's greedy with your time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of different ways to dance, and then I think once you add head movement on top of it, it's like an exponential factor to the complication. Like there's a lot of players on it. The ethos of the Zook community is so vastly different than the ethos of like the salsa and bachata community you're right salsa and bachata they can link and kind of go hand to hand but zook has like this weird woo-woo connection thing about it mm -hmm. that is not super appealing to everybody woo-woo yeah woo-woo like well, like you i feel like the the stereotypes on like the facebook group is that zook is a bunch of like crunchy hippies who are into like crystal he healing right <laughs> do you know what i'm talking about and like big baggy harem pants okay generally yes like the, so there's like there's this whole fashion thing about it but um <laughs> when i went to my first outside of richmond zook social mm -hmm. massive culture shock in what way i thought like less, it's a lot less latin people every like just the the, the expectations the customs of a zook social are a completely different world compared to like salsa bachata like the, the most obvious one being how long you're dancing with somebody that is very different i forgot about it's that. like it's offensive if you only dance with one song with it somebody means you suck even if the song is like 20 minutes long and <laughs> so like there was that there was the, the music is completely different there's and, a lot more variation in zip music than salsa and bachata music too i think yeah and it's like They'll go really slow to really fast. Zook in general is much slower. It is. Like, just on average, I would say. You gotta allow time for the head movements. And, um, like, salsa's complete opposite sector. Sometimes it's, like, way over the top. I need to sit down. Sometimes you just got, if, like, if everyone's already dancing and you're just out on the side and everyone else is just taking a break, you'll, you'll just have to wait, like, an hour or something, or at least it's, that's what it felt like to me, just get a dance even as a lead that's so funny her i mean i didn't know jack shit and i was terrified is okay the, the problem. Asking, fair. so like i like it, it was just this like this whole this culture shock i feel like is what it, what it really was i was like really scared to ask anyone who i noticed was like obviously very good at mm -hmm. zooking to dance because um, it's like i can't zook you for 30 minutes yeah i but, only have like, like one song worth the, of moves. the thing the thing is uh it was at um it was after Guy's like embrace weekender or like the first day of that and he he did say like you know if you see people wearing like newbie wristbands like i, I think they're like white or something like dance with them like help them out and like that was really kind but mostly just me being who i am somewhat nervous and introverted Mm -hmm. Like it was just still scary oh, to yeah. go out there, but 
don't know. Like, I, I still got a fair number of dances in before, like, I needed to go home because I was very tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I did go to a different um, Zook event later in the D.C., Northern Virginia area and had a much easier time, at, like, knowing all that was going on. Because mm-hmm, you already knew that yeah. people were going to dance for longer chunks of time. And, like, being a little more familiar with music, knowing more moves. Yeah. I'd only done, like, level one here um, in Richmond at that point. And I think I, I had, we were just finishing up with level two. No, level 1.5. I'm still not very good at suking. When I went to the Nova event, so I, I knew a couple more things. I wasn't scared to ask people. Customs aside, the atmosphere is also just very different, whether it's the music or the people or not. Like a salsa bachata event is like a family party in a lot of ways, right? It does feel like a party. Yeah. And so like sometimes it's a great thing and like everyone's just mainly around and sometimes it's, um, sometimes people get a little trashy. (laughs) I won't mention what Benny is. It's like, I know Zook events aren't quite like that at all. There's a lot of focus on creating connection and intimacy that can be like fostered over longer dances versus the traditional salsa bachata it's very like we dance one song and we split right after and if we dance two songs together that means we're getting married after (laughs) right more or less (laughs) is like the difference between the two but yeah no it is it is very very different they don't really mesh like I would have a hard time imagining a like a set that had both salsa and zook music on it yeah maybe a zook and bachata mix but even that feels yeah like pushing it. okay so this one time it was here in Richmond mm-hmm. we, we had um it was one of the mainland events I'd been in the zook room for I don't know how long a while Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I would like to visit the other room now. The walk, other realm. Walk over to the other realm. Cross the threshold. I crossed the threshold. Literally a threshold, like two separate <laughs> rooms with a somewhat large like doorway thing. Crossed over into the other realm. Salsa song started playing. It was too much for me. <laughs> too fast. Yeah, it was like it, it was fast. There was a lot going on. It was I was dancing with somebody new, so I like I didn't have the familiarity aspect to like tether me to reality and so like i don't know even that moment it was just like a shock it was like oh god i need like some sort of slow bachata crossover if i'm gonna be in here what i heard is that zook makes you lose touch with reality <laughs> i don't think that's what she meant but yeah no it's you know if it's on a spectrum of energy or probably even like beats per minute it's definitely like Salsa, bachata, sensual bachata, zook. Or actually, let me correct that. Merengue, salsa, bachata, <laughs> sensual bachata, zook. And if you want to, like, skip energy levels, yeah, like, it doesn't... get ready. Yeah, like, and and for me, it was going, like, zook to salsa. I, like, that just... That was hard. You can't skip you also You also can't go from, like, salsa to zook. Nope. I feel like this is way too slow. Yeah, I'm like gonna there's fall asleep. Yeah, like that, that that's probably a moment might have happened. <laughs> um, like while in close embrace, you just kind of take a nap on someone's shoulder <laughs> after being tired from dancing salsa too, because it's a yeah. lot of effort. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure like if you're 
if you're the follow, maybe your lead is going to have a good time just like, oh, I get to move you around however I want. It's interesting to think about them as different cultures. And there there is a little bit of a culture that comes with each dance, yeah. I would say. But, um, I mean, even just... But we can all be like, friends. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. <laughs> like, I really, I love Zook. Um, and I like Bachata, like... Bachata, I can just like walk in a room and I feel like I can have a good dance, like no matter what's really going on. Bachata's a good time. Yeah. The thing about salsa is I've started dancing less of it too because I, I think the first like really intense classes I took for any dance were actually at George Mason University, which was Miami style salsa. What does that mean? And um, so it's it's more like it's more influenced by the Cuban dances from which salsa originated, oh. like Son and Casim, Casino. And so that that whole split, like the salsa versus like Son and Casino, mm-hmm. that's like also a... Its own thing. Like also different communities. Oh boy. Because salsa music, like if, if you're just like some random person off the street and you play a salsa song for somebody and then you play like a timba song, like a... Mm-hmm like a song from Cuban musicians, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. But if you play, you, you play like two salsa songs in a row or something, and then you play like a timba song at a, like a salsa event, people might get angry at you, yeah, like really confused. Up. Yeah, because they're, if you're not dancing it, you might not be able to tell, but there are, like, they're very different. Mm-hmm. And like, it, they, they use like largely the same instrumentation and a lot of the same rhythms and stuff, but they're, so different all on their own and that's like that's another you know like community separation sort of thing like people don't really think about what a beautiful thing partner dances in general like bringing people together and even within the dance community like i think almost nobody in the dance community only dances one dance yeah especially here yeah you do one and like you're gonna try another one at least like dip your toe in it yeah or try sometimes it drag you yeah or drag you under or try you know some combination of like leading and following oh you know another interesting thing i think in duke specifically is that there's a lot more fluidity between leads and follows i think it's a lot more common that follows learn how to lead and leads learn how to follow yeah versus other dances and then (laughs) <laughs> this is just gonna I'm gonna do like a quick throw back to like when I first started that I thought about when you said the difference between salsa and casino songs I remember like when I first first started and I knew the salsa steps and I knew the bachata steps but I could not yet differentiate the music and when someone started a song I would have to be like is this a salsa song or a bachata <laughs> song because I couldn't tell the difference yet and if someone had tried to bachata me in a salsa song or vice versa, I would have totally gone along with it. So throwback to being a newbie and not even being able to tell the difference between the two. Okay, so sometimes like that happens when I'm dancing with a new person too. <laughs> like they 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 do act like they've literally asked me like, is this a salsa song or is this a bachata song? I'm like, oh, this is a salsa song. Yeah, and it's also like good on you if you know the step pattern to two songs. Like that's already a lot. Yeah. So if that's where you are, you cannot tell the difference between the two, but you know the step patterns for the two, good for you. Come yeah. dance with us. You're well on your way. Yeah. See you on the dance floor. Oh my god, I miss this so much. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Don't worry about it. 
Okay, that was supposed to be a rapid-fire question, and here we <laughs> are 20 minutes later. The less rapid-fire question, we know how to elaborate. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so we'll do a more positive one, and then like maybe a more like mean one, I don't know. Ooh, we can um, get spicy. Yeah. So, favorite move or like collection of movements? Like, whatever dance. My favorite collection of movements? Yeah. I didn't quite know how to phrase this, but like, what do you enjoy doing? Oh, okay. I guess in a dance. If there's like anything you really enjoy. Um, Warren Sr. is very funny. He has like nicknamed me like, I think, Queen of Body Rolls. <laughs> <laughs> and I am maybe like medium okay at step patterns. I don't have a ton of fancy footwork, but like. I think, like, when I first got into, like, that aspect of the dance and probably, like, central bachata, I was like, this is so much fun. So, and that was part of what drew me to Zook, too. So, I think, in general, I really enjoy um, waves and body isolations and, I guess, the dancing that you do with your body as opposed to your feet in both central bachata and in Zook because I... Hmm. I enjoy that because it makes me feel like extra connected to the person that I'm dancing with because usually those kinds of moves are not led with like a hand like far away from your body but people lead those moves with your body so it's like an extended hug dance almost and I love hugs so it's like putting hugs together with dancing so those kinds of like close embrace body wave movements are my personal favorite and it doesn't drive with everybody because you're all up in someone's business so yeah this is true there's a lot of reason to not enjoy that and there are lots of people that like maybe i would enjoy that with and what's nice about being in like the richmond community is like you get to know everybody and i think you build a sense of trust with the community in itself and you have this great opportunity to like allow people into your personal bubble and like trust them yeah so like it's it's a really great like trustful practice in that yeah. way now for the quote-unquote meaner question okay pet peeves it's oh pet peeves all right i will do some easy things um deodorant friends deodorant um also gum but maybe that will be less important if we're dancing in masks um, go easy on the cologne, like one spritz and then you walk through it and that's all that you need. If someone is up in your business, they will be able to smell it from there and that's fine. Oh, you so don't... you're not supposed to buy like a case of it and just dump it. You it can ends. buy a case of it, but I think like two spritzes walk through the mist is like pretty standard <laughs> cologne practice. Etiquette. Etiquette. What okay, so what I do not like is leaving a social and smelling like a man because other men's cologne has been heavy enough to rub off on myself. <laughs> Gerardo, I know that this is a podcast and not a visual format, but Gerardo just made a very funny face at that. I think that's one of the best part of podcasts, actually, <laughs> when somebody has to describe something that happened visually. It was sort of like those videos. If you've never Googled 
baby tastes lemon for first time. It was kind of like her part of just tasted a lemon for her first time. Mm, this is disgusting. <laughs> very sour, very pungent. So I think, um, you know, you asked me what my pet peeves were. So like it can be a little spicy. I think being conscientious of smell and scent is is that. And then fair. Do you want to get spicier? Let's do it. Okay. We can, again, we can cut out. We can cut. And also, like... And by we, I mean me. You. You'll have <laughs> cutting it. This is a very long Thanks, podcast man. so far. All right. So if we want to get spicy, like, you guys, hashtag me too, consent and respecting yeah. people's boundaries. So I think because it's loud and maybe dark and as a lead, you want to you know, do something that you've seen that maybe requires a lot of close body contact. It is so important to really be on the lookout for nonverbal cues, especially if you're leading someone that you don't know, especially if you're leading someone who is new, because you could have the purest of intentions and you just want to have a good time and you want them to have a good time and you might accidentally cross a boundary and like discourage somebody from the dance community and that's yeah the last thing that we want yeah as absolutely a dance community her i'm sure you have thoughts on that as well i feel like i get a little bit of a pass as a female who's leading that i am a lot less threatening because i'm not a man so like women let me into their space much more easily but her what are some of your experiences with like space boundaries or like consent type things within dance especially some of the more sensual dances like sensual bachata or zook okay so i don't know it's like it's been scary for me to like dance too close to somebody it at times too terrifying to like, accidentally cross the line yeah like the thing is some people are just learning things from you know like youtube or whatever and they're like seeing they're like oh these people are like dancing really close to each other mm-hmm. like oh i guess that's okay if you're if you're doing it here and I, like, I don't think it's okay, like, to just, like, you meet somebody new and assume, like, yeah, we can, like, be really fucking close <laughs> to each other and, like, just, like, doing all these, like, weird things. You'd probably, oh, yeah. Um, like, I know you can't assume that anymore, obviously. Uh, like, some follows will, like, just gravitate, like, really closely to you and, like... I don't know sometimes it feels like it's like it's okay if you just stay there mm-hmm. um as a lead but also sometimes you maybe you don't want to like dance there mm-hmm. i don't know there might i mean there is obviously there there is a problem with like people who have the wrong assumption of why like you go out and dance and like people do go out and dance like well women love a good dancer and they do they like a good dancer who respects boundaries yeah but like <laughs> these people are just like oh well like I'm single and I want a girl and I can go out to this dance and like be very close to them because that's what they all do. And that's not necessarily the case. And like on a logistical note, if as a man you wish to learn how to dance in order to pick up women, it is very inefficient because the amount of time. Yes, (laughs) I agree with this. Do something else, get on Tinder. The amount of time that it takes to be a good enough lead to pick up women is huge. And then also the community is 
like the pickings are so small that if that is what you want, that's fine. Good for you. It's probably not worth your time to uh, learn how to dance uh, Latin dance. Yeah. It's so like quick aside on that note, um, <laughs> just like on why I started dancing, but some some friends in college like really wanted me to go to the salsa club. Mm-hmm. Like for for a year, I was too busy playing frisbee or whatever. It's <laughs> like go to the salsa club, and then my sophomore year I was like, oh yeah, sure, I'll try it out. That's why I started dancing because like mm-hmm. I hadn't I hadn't done you? it before, and then some friends pressured me, yeah. and that's why I started going. I mean, like how long does it take to get good enough at leading to like be impressive? Like it's at yeah. least two years to be intermediate. Yeah, I like, was like five years to be good yeah i wasn't impressing anyone for three years <laughs> um and like sure maybe there was like there was a couple of times and like maybe i would have just stopped going but there was like this one cute girl that i wanted to like see and like they happen to go to the salsa club but there's no fucking way i'd be here like in this <laughs> dance community right now like just trying to pick up girls it's not worth it it's not like i couldn't handle that it's it takes i don't know you have to be you have to be weird in some sort of way what, to like stick around um what is the word just like the the outcome ratio cost cost benefit analysis yeah, yeah. the cost benefit analysis of picking up women by being good at dancing is very poor yeah and like sure maybe you'll meet someone and like you'll you'll like you'll go out with them and you'll have a good time or whatever but that's not that really shouldn't be your primary motivator to like go out and dance you do it for the love of dance yeah like you really have to if you're going to be going on a weekly basis like if you're if you're listening to this and you go out and dance because you want to pick up girls like think about all the other things you could be doing in your life that are a lot easier that you could also do to pick up girls yeah also that respectfully yeah (laughs) um one more i think like practical advice as far as like um close embrace and dancing close I think one of the best uh advices that I've heard given to leads is to let the follow decide how close that they want to be to you so let's say that you're dancing bachata like you would start in like an open embrace and if the follow cuts that in half then you can dance there and if the follow decides to like touch their belly against yours then you can touch theirs but i think a very safe and reasonable rule of thumb as a lead is not to initiate being any closer to your follow yeah that if that is something that your follow wants they will come closer to you and if that is not something that they want they will not come closer to you and as far as follows go Sometimes if I see someone who's, like, really new to dancing, um, dancing socially, and maybe being close to someone that they, like, may or may not want to, like, I'll pull them aside and be like, hey, if you don't want to be in a close embrace, which just means that you're basically hugging as opposed to an open embrace, like, open embrace is, like, there's there's room for Jesus. Yeah. Close embrace is, you know, a a belly-to-belly hug. So if as a follow you're new and you don't want to be touching bellies with people that you don't know, like, stiff arm them. Yeah. Like, you can finish a song if you just, like, make your frame really strong and basically 
put your elbow against their chest or that belly or their belly and just make it clear that this is the distance that you're going to be dancing. Yeah. And if that boundary is pushed, end the dance. Yeah. No one is obligated to finish a dance. It might seem rude, but you always have a right to end the dance. Yeah. Or to stiff arm someone or to say no. I have kind of a sad story, but I think that seems like an appropriate time to share. Is that okay? One of my friends I took out to Havana, it was actually a couple friends while I was still in school, and she was like dancing with some guy that she was like, oh, this is fine. And he was like really in her space, and she was like, oh, I don't know about this. And he was like, no, this is where it's supposed to be. Like, you're not supposed to dance close. And like at the end of the song, he like kissed her. And it was, like, completely unwarranted. Like, it was one dance. Like, she didn't know him. And she was just, like, so turned off by that that, like, she never came out to dance again. And it makes me sad for her because dance has been such a big part of my life that I found so much joy in. And that that potential was basically, like, taken away from yeah. her by such... A negative experience like that really it really breaks my heart that that could have been a source of joy for her yeah. but instead it turned into like people who Something dance are like creepy that. so like yeah. you know don't be creepy and in addition to don't be creepy another thing that you can do is like call out the creepy if you see it like if you are at a social and you see someone dancing a lot closer to someone or maybe someone doesn't look like they necessarily want to be dancing that close like you can step in and be like hey friends how's it going or like hey Alyssa just make up a name like hey Alyssa like didn't you have a phone call to make like you know feel free to break it up because mm -hmm. once alcohol is involved and people who are new to the scene might be a little more vulnerable because they don't understand that they can say no they can step on people that they don't have to let people invade their spaces. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot to be done, a lot that can be done in our community taking a collective responsibility yeah. to taking care of our baby dancers. You guys take care of the baby dancers. We need them. Yeah. We love them. Like, I agree with all that. And I fortunately, I think it's something that's going to be a much larger part of this all once we're, we're out and about and partying and dancing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But... Um, and my, my own dance education is very wonky and like I haven't necessarily gotten formal lessons from schools except for this one brief period of my life, but I don't feel like it was always a, a big part of like a class to talk about. This is okay. This is not okay. Consent you're allowed to say, you're allowed to say no. Um, you can't just automatically assume X or Y. Be mindful of non-verbal communicate with each other and all that and but i mean like it should just be a given don't be a creep i agree yeah and in addition to don't be a creep be extra super careful and be vigilant and be yeah. a, be an anti-creep and you know try to block other creepy people yeah and it's like sometimes like i i, I felt like it's hard to speak up not being a leader or anything in the community but I mean, you have to, like, you have to get, get over it yeah, at some points. Caring about other people as humans and also as a potential addition to our wonderful community. Yeah.
you can have safe and friendly. And warm and full of joy. Yes, all that wonderful mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I'm um, glad we went there. It seems important. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take another quick break. Okay, save it. Be back. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Um, I don't know. Uh, what What did we do that very long break? Talked um, about. We had some more wine. Yeah. We had some wine. Uh, took a bathroom break. About to have a, another piece of chocolate. Working on... Uh, some chocolate gifted to me by some of my very lovely patients. It's a nice lady. <laughs> okay, well, I'll chew this delicious nougat. Um, <laughs> you do dance stuff. I do dance stuff. What do you, you know, when you have a, a ever effervescent moment to oh not be doing dance stuff, what's something else you Try to set your mind to. Harona, that's a loaded question. A loaded question? Yeah, nothing. I do nothing else. Because all... Okay. Before dance existed, my spare time went to my studies. And then after dance existed, my spare time, including the time that I should be spending... The time that I should be spending sleeping and grocery shopping and doing my laundry... All of that went to dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I guess like... Can't relate. Oh, shut yes, up. I, can. <laughs> I feel like there's mild dancers and there's obsessive dancers. And I don't know if there's much of it in between. Um, but I definitely fell into the obsessive dancing. Although I'm sure that also exists in gradients. Because we both know people who dance more intensely than we do. Than we do and mm-hmm. that's truly unfathomable. But people do do it. Um, since the pandemic has happened, things that I do in my spare time, I started reading again. Um, I'll go on runs when the weather isn't disgusting. Spend time with my family and some of my friends and, um, I pet my cats. And that's about all there is to it outside of work. It is much less interesting outside the pandemic, yeah. Pretty boring. Boring cat lady with a box of wine. It's a stereotype and I'm okay with it. Great. It looks like a good time. It is a good time. I enjoy it very much. I enjoy dancing more, but this is (laughs) a great substitute. Well, let's go back to the golden ages for a little bit. I miss it. Yeah. What's been your favorite, like, dance festival or experience oh my god i can't talk <laughs> i know that caramel oh. is really sticky i'll try to talk a long time so that you can finish this caramel that you've uh, dedicated yourself to my favorite dance experience hmm. that's hard because it's like i would have to split them into two categories like one of them is the dance experience of dancing locally, which is like, it's my community, it's my second family, I know all the faces, most of the names, and it's familiar and comfortable in that way. And then it's like my other dance experience is the opposite. It's at conferences, usually overnight and away. I don't know any fam- any faces, any names, and that's the thrill and excitement of it is that there's all these new people to follow. They have all these new moves. You dance until 
whenever the DJ decides to stop playing music. I think in Richmond's nothing really goes past 12 and people start to leave at like 11.45. Come on, guys. <laughs> but um, at conferences, it's like, I think people will... Performances start at 11.45. Yeah, performances start and if you go hard, you'll be like pre-gaming or napping or getting ready and then you'll come out and start dancing at like 1 and dance from like 1 to 5. And that's when, like, the good social dancing mm -hmm. is. So I don't know if I can say I have a favorite between the two because they're both different, and I love different things about them. So I refuse to answer the question. I don't have a favorite. I like them both. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the real answer off uh There's off not a real answer. Sure. I do love them both. You know, I, I get it. <laughs> Okay, what about favorite venues? Favorite champion was my champion. favorite venue. I feel like that's a common answer. Oh, there was just so much space, and the beer was good, and cheap parking was a little hard sometimes. Yeah. And they had good AC. Mm. Like, it would be in the summer, and it would be packed full of people, and you wouldn't be, like, dying of a heat stroke like Emilio's used to be. Um, so that was probably my favorite venue. My second favorite, potentially, pre-pandemic, um, oh shoot, what was the one we were just talking about that had like the zoop room? And Mainline? The Mainline, yeah. yeah. Mainline was also a good space. The concrete floors are kind of hard to dance on somewhat, mm -hmm. um, but it also had really good space and good drinks, and I liked that that was the first place that we've had in Richmond so far that had both a salsa and bachata room and a zoop room and if you do all of them like it's pretty awesome to be able to bounce between the two maybe a little challenging a little culture shock but um i really loved the experiences that i had and that was also an event that would sometimes draw our neighboring zoop communities yeah. to come to richmond because we're like at an in-between point like we're almost equidistance from Charlottesville and Virginia Beach and Nova. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's potential to draw all those Zookers into like a centralized location. Yeah, so, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I did. I liked uh, Mainline for that reason. Lefties, I love their cider. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that was another hot box. Like, so. yeah. Okay, so ideal, ideal dance venue. A this is a good one. Yeah, a ton of floor space. Mm -hmm. I feel like within Richmond, because our community is pretty sizable, we've yet to find one floor space to contain us all. So, like, we need a lot of floor space. Um, good alcohol. But there's a lot of that in Richmond's, period. Oh, yeah. So I don't think, like, that part is that hard to find. And I think the third that a lot of places have been missing is, like, good AC. We don't want to dehydrate. Mm -hmm. And plus, you know, going back to smell, <laughs> you smell a lot, you might stink a little bit more. So yeah. it just makes it a little more challenging to smell nice if you're sweating through shirts. Like I know people who literally bring multiple shirts, people who are maybe a little more prone to sweating than others, who bring multiple shirts and will change through like three shirts mm -hmm. over the course of one social if it tends to be like a particularly like steamy venue. Yeah. What have been your favorite places, Florida? Yeah, Ch Champion is like definitely. I really 
I, I miss it a lot. That's where Rudy and Rachel had their start. Shout out. Yeah, shout out to Rudy and Rachel. Um, they picked some really, like, they picked Buskies in Mainline, of course, so, like, mm-hmm. they've been very good about their selections. They're good at looking for um, big spaces. Yeah. Um, and I did really enjoy Mainline as well, because, like, it did start, like, this right now interrupted, but hopefully will continue later on, like, commingling of different communities. Mm-hmm. And, like, even at Champions, we still got people from Virginia Beach and, like, out east, and we sometimes did. even D.C. that would come. But because zoo communities still smaller like growing probably exponentially at this point but uh it, it was like still smaller so people would naturally just like go to wherever there was a a zoop event at, mm-hmm. like, on a sunday afternoon or you know a monday morning or again zook is a pretty greedy dance you'll do it as long as you're possibly able to do it i think greedy is a very funny description for it tell me it's not wrong or tell me it's wrong i don't know which one <laughs> um I would no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree. I would I think I would say time consuming instead because greedy sounds like it's like a negative greedy, connotation. Yeah, greedy yeah. sounds like it wants you, but really you want it. There's a there's a give and take. <laughs> um, but yeah, those those are good. Um, I mean the the ballroom was it a ballroom? No ballroom. Like the the place above Mekong where. We oh, had that last. Uh, I think it's just called the dance space. The dance space, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was nice just because like the floor it's is amazing, of course, and it's like it's all just floor. Yeah. It's, it's floor and chairs, and that's it's it. It's kind of a weird space. Also, there's no alcohol. I'm not an alcoholic. I just like to usually have <laughs> one drink. Yeah. When I dance, like I will have one beer and I will sip it and like I'm good to go. I like an opportunity to support the venue. Richmond's got a lot of great alcohol, but. There is no alcohol in dance space. Yeah, uh, th- those have been good. Uh, I still haven't gone like to very many places out of town, so can't speak about the venues elsewhere. But the saucer room. Saucer room. Have you been there? Yes, I have. Been. Well, I went to the old location. I've, I don't haven't been to the new one either. I might have been to the new location before it was the new location, but it was still another dance venue. Mm, that was actually that. a pretty. So if the new one is still the current one, mm-hmm. this is all sounding very weird. No I know what you're know saying. Yes. You can clip that. I don't care. I'm Some, somebody from Northern Virginia is going to understand this. I mean, if that's like still around, that was also a pretty good space. Huh. And like they had separate rooms as well. I love when venues have separate rooms. So yeah. You can have different song or like a salsa room, a bachata room, or even if you want to do like a traditional bachata room and like a central bachata room, it's nice to not necessarily be at the whim of the DJ. Yeah. <laughs> From a ring gates of down club. <laughs> Bringing it back around. This is maybe the last thing, October. Okay. Okay, so what are some misunderstandings that you think dancers or non-dancers have about the various dances? Is that there like a hard question? Yeah, it's like been, let me let me think of it if I can frame it another way. It's been such a long time since I've been a non-dancer. If you, like, what's something you wish you knew as a beginner? Hmm. That's a good question. Something like you had, you learned way later on and that would have been much helpful, much more helpful if you learned first. This is a little bit technical. No, no, that's fine. Okay. Um, it was pretty late into the game when I learned about frame. Because <laughs> I didn't really take classes. Mm-hmm. Like you should. Um, 
I really learned from social dancing and it wasn't until I took a class with um, like Candace and Rudy, I think, I think it was about, I think I took a connection class with them and they really, really talked a lot about frame and it wasn't until then that I internalized the understanding of how important that was as opposed to like, oh yeah, frame, whatever. I had such noodle arms <laughs> when I started, I think it was what it was. Like you really couldn't move me because I'd be like, oh, you're moving my arms. Cool. But then you're supposed to. <laughs> exactly. So I was a little late to the game uh, as far as that. If I knew that earlier on, I would have learned faster. So I think, I think starting with classes, like structured classes, can help you learn a lot faster than if you're getting out there on the fly. But you really can't do one without the other. Like you can't just take the classes. Yeah. You can't take all the classes in the world and show up at a social and be like, okay, I'm here because social dancing requires a lot of mental flexibility, I think, and just really like going with the flow as far as a follow goes. And classes like give you that structure and frame that you could really benefit from mm -hmm. as far as like learning how to follow things well. Yeah. And then outside of that, I think a common misconception that people have that non-dancers have with partner dancing is that like it's a couple's thing or that having an intimate dance like means something or that it just that it's something to be like uh like jealous of yeah i think that if you go to a social and you see all these people dancing together like you must think that like maybe you think that they're all single or they're trying to all get with each other and you know we talked about that a little bit earlier and maybe that is you know some people's intention but i think within the community especially given the amount of time that you have to invest in it first that most people's intention of it is like really just for the love of dance and that there's not an underlying sexual tension with every single person that you dance with. Like I dance with both men and women of all ages when I'm dating people and when I'm not dating people. And yeah, I think that's the most, com that's a very common misconception of people who don't dance is that you have to dance with one person or that, you know, it means something intimate when you dance with someone who's not your romantic partner, mm -hmm. that it can be really just having a conversation with your bodies yeah. with someone else. Like it, 99% of the time is not romantic. And it's like, uh, uh, sometimes like it's just a very popular couple and this could be any, any of these couples. I'm not going to name any specific person, but like you'll you'll just see this couple that's actually a couple and like so and they're actually like a dance couple as well in addition to just being like a romantic couple and um people probably get the wrong idea that's like well i guess everything that they're doing is kosher for me to do with everyone else too when like it is a matter of personal comfort with individual mm -hmm. like dancers in a in a dance too it's like just because you saw this video on YouTube doesn't mean you can do with everyone. And just like a conversation with words when you're having, you know, 
a talk with their friends if it's a friend you don't know very well like you don't just dive right into like tell me about your childhood trauma <laughs> you know what I mean like there's a warm-up if you just met that person you know you're feeling things out in the beginning and finding each other's like comfort levels and the same way in regular conversations like usually it's platonic and sometimes there's a romantic undertone to it too and I think part of that like you mentioned Gerardo is that dance couples who are good have a lot of attention because they are good and then I think it skews the understanding of what social dancing mm -hmm. within a social community like actually looks like yeah that's what I think yeah. that's what I think is a misconception of non-dancers also take classes <laughs> learn about yeah. what a frame is please it's so important yeah well I think we're gonna wrap it up now thank you so much for this conversation Amy. it was a blast I can't wait to hear it and cringe at the sound of my own voice uh don't worry I will cringe at the sound of my voice for hours on end first <laughs> oh no because you have to listen to it multiple yep. times I'm so sorry for so right this now. is this is going to be a lot of fun hopefully I put it together in some sort of coherent narrative I mean how long has it been I'll, I'll just have to have count it to at the it. end I think we're going at 3060 seconds almost I don't know what that means what time so. did you get here like six. A little after six. A little after six. It's like nine. So you probably might have like two two plus hours. So yeah. anyways, have fun with that. Yeah. Oh, will do. <laughs> but honestly, like this was fun. I really yeah. enjoyed talking about dance. I, I love dance and I love yeah. talking. I'm also excited about to eventually hear like the other podcasts that you do and like, you know, other people's thoughts to the same questions or if you think of new questions and tangents that other people go on i'm yeah. excited i mean hopefully this was fun for you but hopefully i can me. did you have fun yo absolutely okay <laughs> hopefully i'm like a little less like shifty eyed and like I my questions and making sure it's recording mm -hmm. so hopefully uh a little easier mentally for me but i yeah it was great talking to you good seeing you again after literally a year no. yeah glad you're still alive and seemingly healthy okay good yeah that's, that's all for now. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about our conversations or would like to appear in a future episode of the podcast, send an email to dancingquestions at gmail.com. Our theme song is Kiss and Tell, Breezy Bossa Nova by Keshko. The photograph used in our artwork was taken by Ardian Lumi, available on Unsplash. Logo and artwork were created by Lydia Francis please visit our website for links and further details. Also, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our latest content.